on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. Tough day for the Brewers. They lose in St. Louis 8-3. They now trail this four-game series two games to one with the finale coming up tomorrow afternoon in St. Louis. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauly. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers had no answer for Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt, the uh, two players, uh, combined for seven hits, four runs, two home runs, and eight RBIs as those two drive in four runs each and drive in all of the St. Louis runs today. And uh, Adrian Hauser, who normally is really good against St. Louis, he was not really good against St. Louis today. Gives up eight runs, five earned on nine hits and four innings. Gives up a couple home runs in there, and the Brewers uh, fall short. And they struggle against a left-handed starter, and they struggle against a uh, a young pitcher who they've never seen before. You combine those two things, and that seems to turn into uh, something that is a little bit tough for the Brewers to uh, overcome. So they end up losing today by an 8-3 score. Again, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Vinny Rotino will join us coming up later on in the program. We'll hear the post-game comments. Manager Craig Council will go back through the game with the highlights. It's a lot to get to between now and 5.30. This is Brewers Extra Innings. In this seller's market, even homeowners are trying to sell their own home. But more times than not, it doesn't work out like they'd hoped. And while homes like theirs are selling, and selling fast for over-asking prices, their homes aren't. So what's your next best strategy? Well, if you're looking to relieve yourself of the stress of selling your own home and still get top dollar while getting the full-service benefits that an experienced realtor can give you, then look no further. I'm Angela Calais with Benefit Realty, where 3.5 to 3.9% commission assures that you pay less for full service. Only 11% of those trying to sell their own homes actually succeed. And of those that do sell their own home, they sell on average for 26% less than agented properties. This often negates the savings they were hoping to get by doing it on their own. So why do it on your own when you have an experienced realtor that will give you full service at only 3.5 to 3.9% commission? Don't let your home sit while others are selling faster and at potentially better than asking prices. Call Benefit Realty for a highly experienced agent and you'll pay less for full service. There is an amazing supper club in Wisconsin Dells, Ishnala, nestled among the pines and perched above the sandstone bluffs of Mirror Lake. The beauty, the history, the service, the food, the fun. Hi, this is Bob Prosser, owner of Ishnala Supper Club in Wisconsin Dells. I have been a part of Ishnala for 30 years, and I am so proud to continue the tradition that began in 1953. Why not enjoy a brandy old-fashioned in one of our bars, each with a spectacular view overlooking Mirror Lake, or just relax before or after dinner on one of our outdoor decks. Our Ishnala chefs have prepared your favorites, 24-ounce ribeye, cold water lobster tails, North Atlantic salmon, and of course, Ishnala's roast duck. Thank you for making Ishnala Wisconsin's favorite supper club, where the only thing we overlook is Mirror Lake. I'm Bob Prosser, and I want to serve you. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. The Brewers fall in St. Louis. Welcome back. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. 
My name is Matt Paul. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line or tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. Brewers end up losing today. And again, this is this is one of those games where the storylines, the narratives, the, the box score really does tell the story. They just they could not stop Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt. Those two combined for all the runs driven in today. They each have four RBIs. And they faced a young left-hander in Matthew uh, Libertor, who was really good. Five innings, gives up just two hits, six strikeouts, three walks. I know his numbers were not good coming in. He's going to be really good. He's one of the top prospects. He's a top 40 prospect in all of Major League Baseball. He's considered uh, either the number two or number three prospect for the Cardinals. Him and Nolan Gorman go 2-3 off the top of my head. I can't remember which one's two and which one's three, but you get the idea. Like Those guys are, are young, high-level players who are coming up, and uh, they, they looked at today. That's a uh, if you were a St. Louis fan, you were probably pretty excited about what you saw today because a couple of young guys who you've been hearing about for uh, years coming up certainly came through in a big way. But for the Brewers, three runs on six hits. Again, it's a game where they don't hit with runners in scoring position. They go one for six with runners in scoring position. And the thing that doesn't really pop up on the box score quite as much, but for me really is the key to this game, the Brewers had at least one runner on in each of the first five innings. They did not score a single run during that period. They did not score a run until the sixth when Keston Hira hit a home run. You got traffic on the bases every single inning for five innings, and you don't score a run. And all the while, the Cardinals are scoring runs during those periods as St. Louis scores one in the first, four in the third, and three in the fourth. So the two teams were... Not totally matching each other, but for for the sake of this argument, they were basically matching each other. You know, base runner for base runner in the first five innings, but the Cardinals were driving runners in, and the Brewers were not driving runners in, and that certainly is the story of this game today. Doug text in the program. Good thing I have this show to tune into. I'd probably be sleeping. Thank you, Doug. That's very nice to say. A yawner today, but predictable. Left-hander weak lineup. Um, and you said, uh, you're right about the guys the Cardinals called up. Will make a big difference in the race. How about knocking down Goldschmidt tomorrow? He's way too comfortable. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I... Pitch him inside. I'm not. I'm not one of those head hunting kind of guys. When it's just because somebody's playing, like get him out. Go get him out. That's what I say. Just go get him out. Uh, when when somebody does something that uh, crosses the line, I have no problem purpose pitches hitting somebody uh, trying to take a little bit of revenge inside of a game. But just because somebody is performing at a high level, that's where like just get him out. And if he beats you, tip your cap. Paul Goldschmidt's a really good player. Are really good. It's not like the Brewers are the only team that he's destroying this year. Um, he's putting up huge numbers all the way around. The dude's hitting 355 with 10 home runs and 40 RBIs. Uh, he is an MVP candidate. He is really good. What's incredible is Nolan Arnato doesn't have a hit in this series. The the Cardinals are doing everything they've done in the last two games, getting absolutely nothing. From a guy who looked like a legitimate MVP candidate just a, you know not much more than a week ago, and you look at Arenado, all of a sudden he's hitless in his last four games. He doesn't have a hit since May 23rd. That was uh, their second last game against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, that was a series before uh, before this series. So they're they're finding ways to score runs even without one of their top run producers at the time uh, coming up with hits. But uh, for the Brewers, I think you look at Adrian Hauser and 
you know that that first home run that he gave up to Gorman, he just kind of laid that one right in the middle of the zone. Uh, he wasn't getting the, the the ground outs that he normally gets. He got seven ground outs compared to two fly outs. But again, the two home runs, it was very unlike Hauser in what he did today. And you look at some of his numbers uh, coming into this game in his last five starts against St. Louis. He was three and one with a .59 ERA and. Uh, had not given up a home run in his last five starts against St. Louis. Coming into this game, only Max Scherzer had a lower ERA against the Cardinals uh, since uh, 2018. So he has put up really good numbers against St. Louis. He just missed on some pitches today, and he ran into a couple guys who are really, really hot in Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt. Vinny Rotino will join us coming up in just a moment. The Brewers fall in St. Louis by an 8-3 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Eight three, the Brewers fall in St. Louis. Welcome back. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Brewers end up losing today. And again, this is this is one of those games where the storylines, the narratives, the, the box score really does tell the story. They just they could not stop Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt. Those two combined for all the runs driven in today. They each have four RBIs. And they faced a young left-hander in Matthew uh, Libertor, who was really good. Five innings, gives up just two hits, six strikeouts, three walks. I know his numbers were not good coming in. He's going to be really good. He's one of the top prospects. He's a top 40 prospect in all of Major League Baseball. He's considered uh, either the number two or number three prospect for the Cardinals. Him and Nolan Gorman go 2-3 off the top of my head. I can't remember which one's two and which one's three, but you get the idea. Like Those guys are, are young, high-level players who are coming up, and uh, they, they looked at today. That's a uh, if you were a St. Louis fan, you were probably pretty excited about what you saw today because a couple young guys who you've been hearing about for uh, years coming up certainly came through in a big way. But for the Brewers, three runs on six hits. Again, it's a game where they don't hit with runners in scoring position. They go one for six with runners in scoring position. And the thing that doesn't really pop up on the box score quite as much, but for me really is the key to this game. The Brewers had at least one runner on in each of the first five innings. They did not score a single run during that period. They did not score a run until the sixth when Keston Hira hit a home run. You got traffic on the bases every single inning for five innings, and you don't score a run. And all the while, the Cardinals are scoring runs during those periods as St. Louis scores one in the first, four in the third, and three in the fourth. So the two teams were not totally matching each other, but for, for the sake of this argument, they were basically matching each other, you know, base runner for base runner in the first five innings, but the Cardinals were driving runners in, and the Brewers were not driving runners in, and that certainly is the story of this game today. Doug text in the program. Good thing I have this show to tune into. I'd probably be sleeping. Thank you, Doug. That's very nice to say. A yawner today, but predictable. Left-hander weak lineup. Um, and you said, uh, you're right about the guys the Cardinals called up. Will make a big difference in the race. How about knocking down Goldschmidt tomorrow? He's way too comfortable. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I... Pitch him inside. I'm not. I'm not one of those head hunting kind of guys. When it's just because somebody's playing, like get him out. Go get him out. That's what I say. Just go get him out. Uh, when when somebody does something that uh, crosses the line, I have no problem 
purpose pitches, hitting somebody, uh, trying to take a little bit of revenge inside of a game. But just because somebody is performing at a high level, that's where, like, just get him out. And if he beats you, tip your cap. Paul Goldschmidt's a really good player. Are really good. It's not like the Brewers are the only team that he's destroying this year. Um, he's putting up huge numbers all the way around. The dude's hitting 355 with 10 home runs and 40 RBIs. Uh, he is an MVP candidate. He is really good. What's incredible is Nolan Arnato doesn't have a hit in this series. The, the Cardinals are doing everything they've done in the last two games getting absolutely nothing from a guy who looked like a legitimate MVP candidate just a, you know not much more than a week ago. And you look at Arenado, all of a sudden he's hitless in his last four games. He doesn't have a hit since May 23rd. That was uh, their second-to-last game against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, that was a series before uh, before this series. So they're, they're finding ways to score runs even without one of their top run producers at the time uh, coming up with hits. But uh, for the Brewers, I think you look at Adrian Hauser and you know that, that first home run that he gave up to Gorman, he just kind of laid that one right in the middle of the zone. Uh, he wasn't getting the, the, the ground outs that he normally gets. He got seven ground outs compared to two fly outs. But again, the two home runs, it was very unlike Hauser in what he did today. And you look at some of his numbers. Uh, coming into this game in his last five starts against St. Louis, he was 3-1 and one with a .59 ERA and uh, had not given up a home run in his last five starts against St. Louis. Coming into this game, only Max Scherzer had a lower ERA against the Cardinals uh, since uh, 2018. So he has put up really good numbers against St. Louis. He just missed on some pitches today, and he ran into a couple guys who are really, really hot in Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt. Vinny Rotino will join us coming up in just a moment. The Brewers fall in St. Louis by an 8-3 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. come up short in St. Louis today. They lose 8-3. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name's Matt Pauley. Let's bring in Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. And Vinny, the box score certainly tells the story on this one today. The Brewers just did not have an answer for Nolan Gorman or Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, they just got flat out beat, and mainly by those two guys. Absolutely seven for eight in the game between those two guys. Uh, you know, and the other thing was 11 hard-hit balls given up by Adrian Hauser. That's such a rare thing. And he's just missing with the fastball in the middle. And the, the Cardinals are a team that they'll, they'll just punish mistakes. And they always have been that way. And it doesn't matter the names on the back of their jersey that, that are doing it. They just seem to just bring dudes up that, you know, no one's ever heard of. Although we have heard of Nolan Gorman as a top prospect. But just some of the other names, you just can't make mistakes against this team more so than any other team, I think, in the major leagues. They'll just punish you for it. And that's what happened today. Yeah, you look at that first home run, and and I tweeted out the screenshot from the Bally Sports Wisconsin broadcast when it happened. That Nolan Gorman home run, the pitch that Hauser threw right there, it was almost middle-middle. It was just a little bit to the inside, a tad bit up, but I mean, that that was right there in the zone. That was a mistake location. You can't do that to him. I, this this kid is a top prospect, right? For the, I mean, he had 15 home runs in AAA before he got called up. I mean, that's six weeks of baseball, 15 home runs. I don't care what league you're playing in. That dude is raking. You can see the talent. You can see 
you just see on his face the way that he plays the game. And I scouted this kid. I loved him in the minor leagues. You just see like the 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 intensity he plays with. It's it is the Cardinals' way. And I just I, I hate to use that phrase because I know we're a Milwaukee Brewers. We like to think there's a Brewers way, and I do think there is. Is is just something about a guy like him that you know that it's going to be a thorn in the Brewers' side for some time. Okay, so I I think that the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to be battling it out for the NL Central this year. I don't think either of these teams are going to run away with it. I think the Brewers are a little bit better than the Cardinals, but it's close. Um, Maybe I give St. Louis more credit than other people out there. But you look at Gorman and you look at their starting pitcher today in Matthew uh, Libertor. Those are their their number two and number three prospects in the organization. Uh, This is something that for Brewers fans to kind of take a look at with St. Louis because if – if it does turn out to be a big race, those two guys could be a big part of what happens down the stretch. Yeah, that's a really, really good point, Matt, because you understand that watching these kids play, and they are kids, in in May, the, the Cardinals are a team that always seem to continue to improve as the season goes on. I mean, we saw that last year. The Brewers had a 15-game lead on this team in September 11th. The Cardinals then went on to win 17 games in a row and almost caught the Brewers. Okay, uh, The Cardinals swept the Brewers at home even, and the Brewers had to sweep the Mets in order to clinch it there a week before the season end. But the point is, these kids in May are now gaining experience in the big leagues, and they'll go through some struggles, but they'll probably hit their stride towards the end of the season, just like the Cardinals will. So it's important that the Brewers at least tie up this series because, because yes, I agree with you. After watching the Cardinals play in this series, I think it's going to come down to, to a pretty tight playoff race to win the Central. So the Brewers go one for six with runners in scoring position, but Vinny, that doesn't tell the whole story because they had at least one runner on in each of the first five innings, and they don't score in any of those innings. This this could have been a very, very different-looking game if they would have just collected a hit or two extra uh, in those first five innings. Yeah, that's kind of been the story here with the Brewers lately. I mean, they, they score in bunches because of the home run. Well, we'd like for them to score, you know, uh, one here, one there, too, every once in a while, it, just because they're they're putting together two, three hits in a row in an inning, a walk, what, what have you, or putting some pressure on the defense and forcing them to make an error. We saw that from the Cardinals today, right? I mean, we saw Luis Arias bobble that ball to the backhand, and then he wasn't able to get – get out uh was it tommy edmund there in the fourth and then then the floodgates open with the you know the double i'm sorry that was the paul goldschmidt home run inning whatever the case there was an inning that was extended that uh three runs extra came across you just can't do that um but yes the brewers need to get uh, a little bit better at coming up with a hit or just a ball in play a bloop something right in order to get uh, a run across the board here or there in the middle of the game. It really doesn't impact the game much, but it was an interesting moment. There was the the runner's interference call over at first base with Victor Caratini where if he would have kept going to second, it would have been an easy call because he was tripped, but then he, he came back into first. They still ended up awarding him second base. What did you think about the way that, uh, that play was kind of um, allowed to go by the umpires? I th- okay, so I was trying to figure that out myself. I thought they got the call wrong at first because you have to advance as a runner. You have to advance the base on your own. And if you're thrown out after instruction, obstruction is called, you're, you're then called safe. You're awarded the base because you were obstructed with by the fielder. 
I thought they got the call wrong because Caratini didn't go to second. I, I think what happened, the umpires explained to Oliver Marmol, is that uh, Brendan Donovan literally tripped Caratini. He, he couldn't go any further. I think that was the argument for the umpires to award him second base because, because again, like he was trying to go to second, but he was literally almost tackled by Brendan Donovan um, in that instance. So I think that's the situation. I think they, I think they got it right. It was, I'm actually glad that they called it the way that they, they did because it, it, it brought some common sense into a rule for once. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I liked it. Yeah, no, you're right about it, bringing the common sense. By letter of the law, it's tough to, because after, so when he gets tripped and falls, you can see Bellino immediately pointing, uh, basically to call the obstruction. Like before Caratini ever stands up, the point is made by the umpire, but then Caratini stands up, makes a step towards second, but then retreats back to first. So that's why, where it kind of gets um, muddled as to whether or not he should have been given second base or not. Yeah, and I think that's where the umpire argued, like, look, he's trying to get up and go, but he was tripped. Uh, you can see Donovan's leg really just kind of comes up and gives him a little extra something to, to obstruct him from going, literally obstruct him. So... Um, again, I think that's where they brought the common sense into that ruling uh, in that, you know, he tried to go and he was tripped. Hobie Milner, Troy Kelly, Miguel Sanchez, they combined for four innings of, of scoreless baseball. We've talked a lot about kind of that second group of relievers uh, being the area on this team where you could use some improvement. Yesterday we saw Perdomo look good. Admittedly, he goes on the injured list today. But it seems like some of these kind of secondary bullpen guys, the non-high leverage guys, are really starting to round into form. That's a good sign because, yes, you want to be able to not use like a Brad. Obviously, you're not going to use a Brad Boxberger in a game like this or something, you know, or even even a Brent Suter really in a game like this because you're you are still waiting for Brent Suter to hit his stride and be that impactful, you know, two inning guy type of a guy in a leverage spot. Um, but it's a good sign for so all these guys need to continue to do what they're doing and pitch with good form because they will be asked to pitch in leverage situations at some point. And I think that's where you're going with this, Matt. So um, that is a very good sign. Miguel Sanchez, we actually saw a bunch throw in leverage spots last year. I thought he actually ran out of gas. And then second time through the league, I think they started to figure him out, but he is capable of doing that, especially when his velo is up in the 95 range. And then Trevor Kelly looks good. This first time I've had eyes on, on this player, uh, on this pitcher, um, since he's been with the in the league, quite frankly, since he's been with the Brewers, throwing a couple of innings, really nice work there. Um, and then Hobie Milner is obviously changing his repertoire of what he's been able to do and how he gets out. And so he looks good as well. So it's a good sign that these guys are able to throw in leverage spots if you need them. Yeah, Kelly's come. You look at his career, uh, got 10 games with uh, Boston in 2019, pitched to an 8 ERA. 2020, appeared in four games with the Phillies, had an 11 ERA, did not pitch in the big leagues last year. Seems like one of those classic cases of the Brewers getting their hands on a guy who's got a little bit of big league time, has obviously a pedigree, and being able to uh, possibly make him his best self. Yeah, that's what they're able to do. They they are they are able. They're masters at finding little tweaks to their either pitch usage or the way that their delivery works, or a grip. I mean, I know all the other teams have the lab, the pitching lab, and they have a data data and analytics team that are able to sift through and how to help guys. But it just seems that Brewers have 
a way to do it a little bit better. And I do think that that has a lot to do with Chris Hook. I think it has a lot to do with Carlos Villanueva. I think it has a lot to do with Walker McKinvin, who's part of the uh, run prevention team. And so they're just able to communicate to these guys a little bit better. And then once they get into the game or on the mound to work on some of this stuff, they trust it a little bit more. And I think that's what we're seeing with some of these dudes. All right, good stuff as always, Vinny. We'll talk to you again coming up tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. All right, there's Vinny Rotino joining us here on Brewers X Turnings. The Brewers, they come up short tonight. They lose to St. Louis by an 8-3 score. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you could tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers X Turnings on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. Eight three. Brewers lose in St. Louis. Welcome back in Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Keston Hira hits another home run for the crew today, hitting home runs in back-to-back days. You look at what he's done. Uh, in his last seven games, and this goes back to uh, May 5th. So May 5th, uh, he had a hit, and then he ends up being sent down, and then he comes back. So his last seven big league games, this does not include his AAA time, in his last uh, seven major league games, he is hitting 304 with four home runs, and he has an OPS of over 1,200. Now, if we, uh, if we want to have some fun with this and include – what he has done at the uh, at the AAA level because he played in five games in Nashville during that period as well. Uh, his totals in Nashville, he hit 421 with three home runs and 10 RBIs. So he has uh, put up huge, huge, huge numbers in the month of May between the Brewers and also Nashville. And it's good to see. It's really good to see. Again, I don't know what the future holds for Hira because it still feels like when everybody's healthy, when you get Willie Adamas back, when you get Hunter Renfro back, I'm not sure how it works to keep him on the roster. All he can do is continue to go out there and keep hitting. And if he keeps doing that, he's going to make the decision really, really tough on the Brewers. Uh, baseball historian Doug Kern noting on Twitter that Keston Hira is the second Brewers batter ever to hit uh, a home run in back-to-back losses at the current Bush Stadium. The only other player to ever do that for the Brewers was uh, Travis Shaw. He did that on April 22nd and April 23rd of 2019. Some of the other statistical anomalies coming uh, out of this game today, Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt, they are the first Cardinals teammates ever to have three or more hits and four or more RBIs in the same game against Milwaukee, and that even includes the Milwaukee Braves years. So uh, no St. Louis uh, duo of hitters have ever done that in a game against either the Milwaukee Brewers or Milwaukee Braves. Adrian Hauser, first Brewers starter to give up eight or more runs to uh, the Cardinals and not reach the uh, fifth inning since uh, Taylor Youngman did it in a game back in April of 2016. So some of the, again, statistics anomalies coming out of uh, this game today as the Brewers do end up losing by an 8-3 score. I I would have loved to have seen how this game would have played out had the Brewers just found a way to get an extra hit or two in those first five innings. In the first inning, they get a hit and they leave a runner on. 
In the second inning, they leave a runner on. In the third inning, a hit, and they leave a runner on. In the fourth inning, they leave uh, two runners on, and they don't take advantage of an error that was committed. In the fifth inning, uh, they leave two runners on, and they don't... Um, they don't make anything of two errors that were committed by the Cardinals. A bunch of opportunities really in the first half of this game, and they can't really do anything. And during that period, the Cardinals are scoring runs, and it finally got to a point where it's an 8 nothing game. And it just doesn't really feel like at that point the Brewers are going to legitimately be able to, uh, to come back. You appreciate the fact that they – Push across a run in the sixth, push across two more runs in the ninth. But when it gets to eight nothing through uh, through four innings, the chances for the Brewers to win that game certainly uh, much much lower than they were earlier. So if they could have just had a, a run or two or three from uh, getting some more hits in those first few innings when they had runners on, that, that's a big part of the Brewers not coming up with this win today. Eight three, the final score. We will take a break for uh, the news with uh, Patrick, and then we will come back with the post game comments of manager Craig Council. That's all. All on the way. The Brewers fall short. They lose in St. Louis today by an 8-3 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Three, the Brewers lose in St. Louis today to the Cardinals. St. Louis leads the series at two games to one. The finale coming up tomorrow afternoon. Another 115 first pitch tomorrow as a great pitching matchup. Fantastic pitching matchup. Corbin Burns will go for the crew tomorrow. 2.18 ERA. Miles Michaelis will go for St. Louis. He has a 1.96 ERA. I have not looked at all the pitching matchups across Major League Baseball tomorrow, but this is uh, this has got to be one of the t- if it's not the best. It absolutely is one of the best. Adrian Hauser struggles a bit today, and that's a bit of a surprise because he has been so good against St. Louis, especially not giving up home runs. He had not given up a home run against the Cardinals over his last five appearances against them. Uh, had the best ERA of any starting pitcher or any pitcher against St. Louis outside of, uh, I believe, Max Scherzer was the only guy who had a, a better ERA against uh, the Cardinals coming into this game. Yeah, Coming in since 2018, Hauser at a 2.29 ERA, Max Scherzer at 2.28. So Scherzer, uh, the only guy just a, just a little bit better than Hauser, but nonetheless, Hauser struggles today. Eight runs, five earned on nine hits, one strikeout, one walk. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago and uh, discussed the performance of Hauser. I thought he just he just left some fastballs in the middle of the plate, really. Um, you know, I thought his off-speed stuff was pretty good. He just kind of missed on some fastballs, and then they made him pay for it. Goldschmidt is definitely not missing any fastballs either in this series or for a while now. He's tough. Yeah, no, I mean you got you got to be really good to him, um, and then you get a ball, and I mean he's hitting good pitches, so it's it's not just the middle balls. He's hitting a lot of good pitches too. Yeah, that the home run it looked on the on the stack cast like the ball was it was in the zone, but it was it down. was down. It leaked kind of back over yeah. a little bit, and you know if you get it down that. It's like you know, down and away. Really down and away is okay, but it kind of just leaked back over the play a little bit. Yeah. Felt like you were. Go ahead. I don't know uh, Felt like you were, like offensively, you were able to get like some kind of people on with two outs, but just not really much. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, kind of a little bit similar to yesterday. We just didn't, you know, we didn't put enough together. Um, no, nothing, nothing really happened enough that was gonna. You know, not not good enough. You know, um, no big rallies, no stringing together a bunch of good at bats. So um, he did a nice job. 
when you have two teams that are as familiar with each other as these two teams are, and you would inject a new starter like Libertor into that, can that be a little bit unbalancing for hitters sometimes? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, it, you can look at it from both sides of the fence. Um, you know, he he pitched well. We didn't we didn't do enough offensively, and the unfamiliarity is his. You know, his curveball is it's slow. You know, and I think maybe and at bat potentially to get through it. But um, you know, then then it becomes you got some familiarity against him. You guys had the really strong showings against both Snell and Corbin. When you look at how you all are hitting against lefties, you kind of lean on those as maybe a better indicator of where you are versus today. I mean, I. You know, we're, we do this every year. We pick out something. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys can do it, but it's it's every year. It's day games. It's road games. It's you know what? It, it, it's every year. It's it's the nature of baseball. Um, we're a good team. We're going to lose some games. There's going to be something that we can figure out that we're not good enough against. <laughs> bullpen again though I mean really effective with their yeah I mean look I think they've they were efficient I mean that's that's the big thing I mean Sanchi threw less than 20 pitches through two innings and then all those guys should be okay to go tomorrow if if need be um and as we kind of continue on this stretch that's getting consecutive four inning starts you know could really hurt you but I think we were, we're sitting in a pretty good place still that's manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. You know, um, the numbers against uh, in games started by left-handers. I, I get we we've done this thing. He's right. Like we every year, whether it's the you know not winning games at home or day games or night games. Like I understand, there's just these statistical anomalies that go along with uh, a team that really it's just a coincidence and it doesn't mean anything. Like, I think it was last year, and I think it was also like three years ago where they started out the season with a really bad home record, but they won a ton of games on the road. And, and we're talking about it on this show going, why can't they win games at home? And I, I keep saying like, it's going to even out. It's going to even out. And eventually it did even out. It was just a, a statistical anomaly. The thing I would say, though, about the record against left-handers, because now when they're facing a left-handed starter, they are 7-9. and nine. When they are facing a right-handed starter, they are 22-9. and nine. So that is a huge number. And I don't think that is so much an anomaly because when you start doing the splits and you look at what the Brewers do against left-handers compared to what they do against uh, right-handers, that's where that's that that's where the number comes from. They do not hit lefties well. Like this is this is not just some weird. Oh, for some reason they play really well on Tuesdays, or oh, for whatever reason they're really good in day games. Like th- that stuff's just random, and it happens in the course of the season, and you don't know why. But when it's when that number that you're not very good against left-handers uh, in, in games that left-handers are starting, and then you dig in on that a little bit more, and you see that. As a team, they're struggling against left-handers from a from a batting average perspective. Well, then there's a correlation there. So I would argue at this point that it is not an anomaly. Now I would also say this. I would add to it. There are um, 
there are some guys on this team that hit lefties well, have good numbers against left-handers. I, that, that's all very true. Uh, but overall, I mean, you look at what they do. As a team, they are hitting 213 against left-handers. 213. The only teams in Major League Baseball that have a worse team batting average against left-handers are the Arizona Diamondbacks. Interestingly enough, the Houston Astros, a good team, the Miami Marlins, and also the Cleveland Guardians. You, uh, you compare that to what they do against right-handers, and again, this isn't a great offensive club, but they hit 244 against righties, 213 against lefties, 244 against, uh, against righties. So when you see that number that says you are, what was the number? Uh, you're 7-9 and nine against lefties, and you're 22-9 and nine against righties? That's why, because you're not in lefties. Like it's, so no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's an anomaly. I don't think that's uh, something that's random. I think it's very much connected to the fact that they're not hitting as well against lefties, so therefore you, they are not winning as many games against left-handed starters. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at Dexline. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll go back to the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? This Get up! and this. Get out of here, Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 8-3, the Brewers lose to the Cardinals. Pitching matchup today, Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Brewers. Matthew Libertor getting the start for St. Louis. And it would be the Cardinals who would strike first. It happens in the first inning. There's one out and young phenom Nolan Gorman at the plate for the Cardinals. 2-2 pitch to Gorman, and a high fly ball deep right field. Taylor going back to the warning track, and that ball is way gone for Nolan Gorman, his first home run. Yeah, so that makes it a one nothing game, first home run of his major league career, and uh, longest home run hit at Bush Stadium so far this year. I think the third hardest hit home run at Bush Stadium this year. Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt can hit balls uh, pretty hard, but uh, Nolan Gorman in his first Major League home run uh, hits it pretty darn hard, and the Cardinals have the early 1-0 lead against the Brewers. Brewers have some opportunities in the early going. They left a runner on in the first, in the second, in the third inning as well, and then in the bottom of the third inning, the Cardinals would strike once again. The inning gets going with Harrison Bader uh, coming up with a base hit, then Tommy Edmond singles. That puts runners on at first and second, once again for Nolan Gorman. The 1-0 pitch, swinging a snatch in the center field for a base hit. Over to get it to his left is Kane, rounding third is Bader, he'll score. So uh, Bader scores, that makes it a 2-0 game, and the Cardinals are still going in the inning. Next hitter is Paul Goldschmidt. Runners lead from the corners, 2-1 pitch, swung on and drilled deep in the right center. Back is Kane, onto the warning track in front of the wall, Kane leaps up. Goodbye, it's a three-run home run. That makes it a 5-0 game, four-run scoring for the Cardinals in their half of the third inning, and it is a 5-0 game headed to the fourth. The Cardinals would add to their lead in the bottom of the fourth inning with one out. Corey Dickerson walks, and uh, then with uh, two outs, a uh, well, ground out actually with, uh, with that one out that allows Dickerson to move to second. Then Tommy Edmond reaches on an air by Luis Urias. That puts runners on at the corners for, once again, Nolan Gorman. 
0-2 pitch. Runner goes for second on a swing and a line drive into the right field corner. That is a base hit, and it's rolling over to the warning track. Scoring from third, Dickerson. Edmund is being waved around. The relay by Matthias to the plate is not in time. Edmund slides in head first safely, and Gorman's got himself a two-run double. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The next hitter, Paul Goldschmidt. The 0-2. Swinging a ground ball, pulled between shortstop and third and then the left for a hit. They're going to test the arm of Yelich, waving around Gorman. Throw to the plate, it's close but late. Gorman slides in foot first safely with run number eight for the Cardinals. That makes it an 8-0 game. In the top of the fifth inning, the Brewers certainly had an opportunity to answer some of those runs. They get two on thanks to a couple errors that are committed by the Cardinals, but they can't come up with the proverbial big hit, and it remains an 8-0 game until the sixth inning. That's when the Brewers do get on the board. Jake Woodford, the new pitcher for St. Louis, and with one out, he faces off against Keston Hira. The 0-1 delivery to Hira. High drive, deep left field. Going back is Dickerson, and that ball is way gone for Keston Hira. Yeah, so uh, that's the first run of the day for the Brewers. Keston Hira hitting a home run in back-to-back days. Hobie Milner had pitched the uh, bottom of the fifth inning, putting up a zero, and then Trevor Kelly comes in to uh, pitch the sixth, and uh, Miguel Sanchez comes in to pitch the seventh for the Brewers. The bullpen really did a nice job. The Brewers would get a couple more runs. It would come in the ninth inning as TJ McFarland is on the mound for the Brewers, or excuse me, for uh, the Cardinals, I should say. He would strike out uh, Keston here and get Lorenzo Kane to ground out so quickly. Two outs in the frame, but then Mark Mathias, he gets a base hit. A wild pitch moves him to second, and then Victor Caratini does this. Here's the 3-2. Caratini, a high fly ball deep left. Dickerson going back to the track, looks up, it is gone. Victor Caratini's second home run of the season. So that makes it an 8-3 game. That ends up being the final score of this one. The Brewers lose to the Cardinals. They're down in the series two games to one. And the final game of the series coming up tomorrow with the win. The Cardinals are now 26-20, while the Brewers, they drop to 29-18. Winning totals for St. Louis. Eight runs, 12 hits, three errors. They leave five for the Brewers. Three runs, six hits, one error. They leave seven. Winning pitcher Matthew Libertor, he picks up the first win of his major league career. Adrian Hauser takes the loss. He is now 3-5. and five. Home runs in the game for St. Louis. Nolan Gorman, his first career home run. Paul Goldschmidt hitting a second for the Brewers. Keston Hira hits number five. Victor Caratini hits number two. The game lasting a tidy two hours and 45 minutes. Played in front of a sellout crowd of 45,594 folks at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Brewers lose to the Cardinals 8-3. They will look for a series split tomorrow afternoon. We'll preview that game. We'll also get you some scores from around baseball. And we'll wrap things up coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Uh, one note from around baseball, if you were with us for a Brewers warm-up, talk about this story a little bit. Just craziness involving uh, Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy Pham. He has been suspended for three games. There's actually video out there. He and Jock Peterson of the San Francisco Giants are in a fantasy football league together. And... 
if you play fantasy football, you can put players on on injured on your injured list, and then you can sign other players, and then you can stow those players away sometimes uh, on your injured list. And I guess Jack Peterson did that with a guy who was going to be inactive for a game uh, in his league. He was able to use uh, the IR spot. And Tommy Pham, I'm, this is real life here, people. Uh, Tommy Pham took issue with that. Yesterday, the, the Reds and the Giants are playing against each other, and Pham slaps Jock Peterson, they're out in the outfield during batting practice, and just an open hand, whoa, just a slap right in the face. And uh, Tommy Pham has been suspended three games for this incident. There's hilarious video out there of Jock Peterson explaining the situation in intricate detail after the game yesterday, explaining what exactly happened in the fantasy football league that resulted in the slap. But Tommy Pham has been suspended for three games for the open hand slap of Jack Peterson because of a fantasy football beef. We always kind of, right, like we make fun of the people who take fantasy football a little bit too serious, right? Like there's always that that person you know who tells you the story. I, I had a 37-point lead going into Monday Night Football and then some unknown running back went out for three touchdowns and I lost by a point. Like that guy, like we don't care. We don't care that your fantasy football team had this excruciating loss. We now know that Tommy Pham is that guy. Pham, and Pham, when talking about it, said, well, there's big money on the line. So I, I don't know how much money they're playing for in this. I mean, it's Major League Baseball players, so they got a few bucks, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's all from a fantasy football beef. And, and Pham has just been waiting just been waiting to play the San Francisco Giants so he could get after Jack Peterson and let him know just how he feels about uh, his handling of uh, the injured reserve. So that's an update on that story, which, again, is just ridiculous. Speaking of the Reds, they're playing the Giants right now. Uh, Fam not playing because he accepted his three-game suspension. He should really be embarrassed about himself. Uh, 3-2, the Reds lead the Giants bottom of the seventh inning. Victor Gutierrez getting the start today for the Reds. Pretty good. Five innings, one run on six hits, four strikeouts, and one walk. They got a home run from Kyle Farmer. It was his fourth of the season as the Reds lead in that game. And then uh, coming up uh, later on today, the uh, Cubs, they are going to uh, begin a series against the White Sox. Just a, yeah, beginning a series on Saturday. You don't see that that often, but those two teams had the day off yesterday uh, for the Cubs. It's going to be Keegan Thompson on the mound. 4-0, 1.54 ERA. Johnny Cueto will start for the White Sox and the Pirates this evening. They match up against the Padres in San Diego. JT Brubaker will start for the Buccos. He's looking for his first win of the season. Around the Brewers, minor league system, low A Carolina playing a doubleheader at home against Kannapolis. They lose game one by a 7-4 score. Game two is going to be coming up momentarily. Uh, high A Wisconsin, they are in action tonight as they match up against Cedar Rapids double A Biloxi. They are at home this evening as they take on Montgomery and then triple play Nashville. They are in Toledo this evening for a game against the Mudhens. Nashville having a fantastic season, but they've struggled here a little bit uh, during this series against Toledo. Again, in our game, the Brewers fall to the Cardinals by an 8-3 score as uh, 
they just couldn't do a whole lot against Nolan Gorman and Paul Goldschmidt. Keston Hira and Victor Caratini do hit home runs. Adrian Hauser goes four innings, allowing eight runs, five earned, as he ends up uh, taking the loss, and he is now three and five. These two teams are set to uh, wrap up the series tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow for uh, the Brewers. It's going to be uh, Corbin Burns on the mound. Right-hander will come in with a 2-2 two and two record and a 2.18 ERA. For St. Louis, they are going to oppose with right-handed pitcher Miles Michaelis. He's 3-2 with a solid 1.96 ERA. 1.15 first pitch tomorrow. That means network coverage at 12.40. I've got you at 12 noon tomorrow for a Brewers warm-up. And then myself and Vinny Rotino will be back with you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings. We'll talk to you tomorrow for more Brewers baseball here on WTMJ.